0: Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your guest host today. My name is Robert Neer. I am the Deputy Director with the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency, and I'm substituting in for Director Adams this week on the Veterans Perspective. This is presented by the MVAA. During the month of April, we recognize the special sacrifices military children make while their parent or parents serve our great nation. Our guest speakers for today are Jason Rogers, who's the data and budget specialist for the MBAA, Addison Rogers, who is Jason Rogers' daughter and she's a freshman in high school, and Rebecca Allen, who's a soldier and family readiness specialist with the Michigan National Guard. We will be right back on the Veterans Perspective Welcome back. During our show today, we are talking about April being the month of the military child. In 1986, Defense Secretary Casper Weinberger established the Department of Defense's commemoration of a military child. During the month of April, we wear purple because the color resembles the melting pot of colors representing the branches of our military. We honor our military children for their resilience, their bravery, and the devotion to their families and our country while allowing our brave servicemen and women to carry on the mission of protecting our great nation. When we think of our children's experience as a parent or as their parents' service, we could ask ourselves, do they see it as a uniform hanging in the closet or as an extra chores while the parents are deployed or is it an absence on birthdays, vacations, holidays, or sporting events? Or is it that the family's stories of how the GI Bill benefits helped them pay for college job training or veterans home loans, which could completely change the trajectory of their family's story. There's also the possibility that these stories continuing their legacy of military service are brought up at family events. And they ask things of how how things have changed and whether their grandparents had the same experiences they did when they entered the service. Before we begin today's show, I wanted to share my appreciation for the sacrifice of military spouses because April 5th is actually the Gold Star Spouse Day. Before I do, I'd like to mention that if you are a veteran or a family member looking to connect with military or veteran benefits of any kind, please call Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency at our Resource Center at 1-800-642-4838. Or if you're a veteran just looking for a copy of DD-214, You can also call us at the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency at 1-800-MICHVET or 1-800-642-4838. So considering today is the Gold Star Spouse Day, I would like to recognize and thank the many spouses out there for showing continued resilience and overcoming so many unknowns as their life drastically changes or changed. We respect you, we honor you, and we are all here to support you in any way that we possibly can. I think back to my first deployment and my time in Iraq while visiting with Specialist Daniel Reyes. We just loved enjoying the moments of him looking forward to heading home and meeting his newborn child. The joy just permeated through his eyes and through his voice and it was always contagious. Just a happy day every time we got to speak with him. These are some of the positive memories that I have and I'll always look back on when, I, when I'm reminded of the attack on July 31st of 2007. This attack resulted in the loss of two husbands, dads and my comrades. The additional loss that we had was Sergeant Bradley W. Marshall who was also lost that day and had a family and a spouse as well. The thought of their ultimate sacrifice and their families drove me recently to visit a memorial dedicated to their families in Alaska. It's called the Gold Star Peak. This height and monument was brought to fruition by a dedicated retired first sergeant from that same deployment. His name was First Sergeant Kirk Elkire of the Alpha Battery. This organization was put together by Kirk and his comrades, and it has a goal of offering a setting that is in the outdoors to bring healing to as many people as possible, while also empowering each other to become thriving members within their community and their families. So processing through the loss of my comrades, friends and family members, requires many different avenues of healing. And it wasn't just for me, it's for many people. And that's, this is just one of the many ways that some of my second of the 377th Parachute Field Artillery Regiment brothers chose to honor their fallen comrades and continue to support our Gold Star families. To all the Gold Star spouses out there, we thank you and we want you to know that we are always here to support you in any way that we possibly can. During today's show, we will have Jason Rogers and his daughter Addison telling their story of military service. Because we know when a parent serves, so do the kids. Our last guest, Rebecca Allen, will be sharing her story of service, having a military spouse and young children, and then how she's working through her spouse's current deployment. Please don't go away. When we return, we will begin our conversation with our first two guests. Jason Rogers and his daughter, Addison. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your guest host, Robert Neer, the Deputy Director of the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. And with me today, we have Jason Rogers, who's the current data and budget specialist with the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. And we also have his daughter, Addison. Jason Rogers is the data and budget specialist for the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. He comes from a long history of military veterans. His grandparents, uncles, and father all served in the military. Jason also served for 23 years in a variety of positions, retiring just two years ago. During his retirement, Jason has chosen to continue a life of service by working for the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency in support of our servicemen and women. Our second guest joining us here is Addison Rogers, and this is Jason's 14-year-old daughter. She's currently a freshman in high school. She is the oldest of four children and has truly lived the life of a military child. Addison has dealt with frequent absences, missed holidays, missed birthdays, and she knows what it is like to have to step up and take on additional duties at the home while her dad was away in support of her mom. She has also had many, many positive experiences during her time as a military child, which we're gonna hear about here today. Welcome to the show, Jason and Addison. Thank you. Thank you. So Jason, uh, since you come from a long legacy of service, you know, your father, your uncles, your grandpa, um, and grandparents serving, what was it like for you hearing all of their stories of service as you grew up?
1: Hey, thanks. I think the biggest thing that stands out when you listen to people talk about their time in the service is the bonds that they've made and the memories that they they carry with them, no matter how old they get. Like my grandparents could still talk about times in the service. And then I got that same thing from my uncles and from my dad. So it really makes you want to almost like learn more about it yourself and maybe go into that kind of a career because of how much they enjoyed their service and how much they talk about it even years and years later.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now that, uh, it made you a little bit more interested. It sounds like in, in the possibility or potential for you to serve. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Jason. Now, Addison, what was it like for you growing up hearing these same sort of stories or these stories from your father?
2: I loved hearing my grandparents and dad tell me stories. Um, they would mostly tell me like the funny stories have happened or like getting in trouble with sergeants and things. And uh, one of the best ones I've heard is uh, their sergeant woke them up in the middle of the night and gave them a whole uh, lecture on uh, not being allowed to pee behind the barracks. And he told them that the next person who did it, he's going to take a personal interest in them. And dad will tell us that Uh, he'll say when we do something wrong, he'll say, I'm going to take a personal interest in you. And no one really knows what that means, except for the sergeant who told them that.
0: Oh, that's funny. A fun inside joke for you and the family. That's fun. Ah, Thanks for for sharing that, Addison. That's fun. Um, Jason, what are some of your memories of your father talking about his service uh, more specifically? What what do you remember um, similar to what Addison just shared?
1: yeah well my dad was only in the service for three years he was a vietnam era veteran but within that i mean he was there for only three years but like he remembers all his friends names the types of things that he went through at basic training he was at fort knox and he always talked about these two hills called misery and agony that they had to march up and down and it was like such a big part of his life even though it was short like we took a family vacation to Kentucky. And he took us to Fort Knox and he was able to show us the barracks that he slept in and where the things were that he trained with. And we had to drive up and down those hills, misery and agony, because it was such a big piece of his a young adult life. He wanted to, to share that with the rest of the family. So I, I specifically remember him talking about those hills, misery and agony and, and his army buddies and some of the things that they experienced while they were in basic training, what the barracks were like, things like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. That's uh, uh, so true in the military service. Um, What a large impact each individual person's service has uh, on their life. So yeah, definitely. That's great to hear. Now, Did you receive any advice when you joined? Did your dad give you any of that stereotypical military advice um, and say, Jason, watch out for these things, or Jason, this is the way it's going to be. Did he have any of those uh, stories for you?
1: Yeah. Kind of funny. You mentioned advice. I'll get to that in a second, but um, like my dad was patriotic. He he did the time in the military. Then he became a police officer. He retired as a police officer. So I, I really looked up to my dad and that's why I wanted to get into the military in the first place is because my dad was in the army. So I, I thought I should probably be in the army. And then I thought I'd probably be a police officer too. So um, one advice he gave me was make sure I got a job in the military that would equate to something like in the civilian world as well. So I could come out and use that training to my advantage. So I thought, yeah, good idea. I'll be an MP and then I'll be a police officer, just like my dad. And turns out I went into field artillery, which had nothing to do with a civilian career, it it turns out, but there's still the leadership and the, the bonds that you get to make from that time in your military. And then another piece about basic training that nobody gave me advice on was not to be late to basic training, which might seem like it would be hard to do, but I flew into St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, my base was called Fort Leonard Wood and it was like three hours away on a bus. And the bus was packed with people. There were people in all the seats, people were laying down in the aisle way. So I thought I was pretty smart as a 17 year old kid. I went in the bathroom of that bus and I closed the door and I went to sleep. The bus got to basic training. Everybody went into the reception station and I didn't even realize we were there. So the bus driver came through, he cleared off the bus, knocked on the door and woke me up and I was the only one there. There was one duffel bag sitting out on the sidewalk. I grabbed my duffel bag and walked into the reception. Everyone was already in their seats, getting the briefing and the drill sergeant looked at me and said, where did you come from? I said, I was sleeping on the bus he's like, get in the corner and do flutter kicks. And then I'm like, what's a flutter kick? So the start of basic training, maybe just like reiterate, uh, make sure you don't fall asleep on the bus. And maybe they could have told me what a couple of the common exercises were. So I would have at least known what a flutter kick was like on day one of getting to basic training.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, I can definitely relate to you on that field artillery experience. I I had great advice, and I think that that's probably the most beneficial advice I could share, and I appreciate you sharing that. Get into an MOS that you can apply to your civilian life. Um, Yeah, but there we go in the artillery world. Uh, Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jason. That's fun. Um, So after arriving in basic training, uh, when you experienced those specific experiences, uh, the advice, was there anything you looked back uh, specific to your dad and said, oh, he was right? Or, um, no, nope, I, I, uh, I, I wish that dad would have gave me that outside of what you already shared with us. Oh, I mean, you could get in
1: into maybe this was back when we were still wearing, wearing black boots and shining our boots. And I can remember dad talking about, about like even those little basic things. So I think just the fact that everything's going to happen, like the day's going to start, the day's going to end. They're going to let you sleep. Like it, it's all going to end in eight to 10 weeks, no matter what, like, always know that you're gonna get through this. So the positive impact he had by letting me know, like he's been through it before, it's gonna seem like it's the end of the world and it's really hard, but once you get done and look back on it, like those are gonna truly be some of the best times of your life. And it's really hard to realize that at the time, but they really truly are. You make friendships that people just don't make everywhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Now, as you know, um, April is the month of the military child. Uh, How did you share your service and experience uh, with your children from your perspective? Not necessarily theirs, but from your perspective, how did you um, influence or or share those experiences?
1: Well, I've got four kids and like Veterans Day is always a a big time at their schools. They've always invited me in to come speak to their, their classes and their teachers. So I think it's neat to be able to do that With my kids there, like their fathers in the school telling stories about what it was like to be a veteran. And I guess just to make sure they know who my military friends are, I tell good stories about them, like the first Sergeant Addison talked about, who wanted to take a personal interest in everybody one night and just not hiding the fact that some things are fun and some things are sad and some things are hard. And overall, it's a really, really positive time that I've had in the military. And we've had great experiences and opportunities available to us because of our time of service.
0: Yeah, that's great, Jason. Well, thank you so much and hang in there. We'll be right back with our guests, Jason and Addison. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now, your host, director of the MVAA. Sunetta Adams. Welcome back. I'm Robert Neer, the Deputy Director of the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency and the guest host of the Veterans Perspective. We have been talking with uh, Jason and his daughter Addison about what it's like to be a military child and part of a military family. We have Addison. Um, Now, Addison, we have heard from your dad a little bit about his service and some of what we had hoped uh, you would gain and what his perspective was of you growing up in a military family and what his perspective was in his family. Now, what do you feel that you've gained the most from growing up in a military family yourself?
2: Um, I gained a lot from dad being in the military. Probably the biggest thing was uh, the experiences I got because of the great programs that the military offers to the youth. I've gotten to do so many incredible things that I wouldn't have been able to do. And uh, I've also gained a lot of leadership skills and responsibility and how to like embrace new responsibility, like when dad's gone, I'm my mom's main helper. And it's great to be able to use those things into all of the things I do now.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that, Addison. Really appreciate sharing that. Now, Jason, before deployments, did you do anything special um, with your kids? And and if so, Addison, do you remember those special things that Jason would do before you left?
1: Um. Yeah. Good question. I I'd say, like one thing I one thing I did one time was write a letter for every single day I was gonna be wrong or gone. It filled up an entire notebook, and I don't even know if the kids do remember it. But my wife read it to them like every single night before bed, and it was just a way to to maintain like that connection that physical connection kind of dad wrote this mom's reading it the kids are listening to it Um, and then another big thing would always be to just communicate like what was coming up what was happening like where I was going to go how long it was going to be why I was going to be there maybe have like the the packing list I'm using going through it with the kids to start stuffing things in the duffel bags and putting things in suitcases just so it was all a, a family effort it wasn't just me had heading, heading away and everyone's kind of left questioning, like we communicate very well within the family. Would you concur?
2: Yeah, uh, I know one time we made or my mom made these paper links that had a Hershey kiss on them. And for every day that dad was gone, I'd get like a kiss from dad when I was little.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Prior planning is all I'm going to say there. That is uh, excellent prior planning military bearing. Um, so Addison, when your dad was away, um, as you had alluded to and talked about a little bit already um, with those special things that, like the kisses that um, you would get, you know, little incentives. Um, did you do you remember anything else that was really like the the hinge point of um, supporting your mom in his absence?
2: Um, we would I know like we would get really excited when we'd get like a postcard or a letter from dad to like see what he was up to. And whenever we could, we would Skype him. And, uh, I would tell him about like all the little things that were happening. And I remember one time we were on Skype with him and mom had to run to the neighbor's house. So dad was like babysitting us, even though he wasn't actually there. So it's kind of like the little things, just getting to stay in contact, even though he's gone.
0: Those are excellent memories. Thanks for sharing those. Um, you know, on that note, we we've talked a lot about, well, uh, your dad has been gone and And Jason, we've got kind of your perspective. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, on deployments and the return home. But from your perspective, Addison, uh, what was it like when he would return? How how did that adjustment work inside of your family?
2: Um, It was always great when he got back, you know, because our dad had been gone and it's always exciting to have him back. Um, I know as I got older, like as I had more responsibilities when he left, it was great when he came back because like we missed him. But then also I didn't have to do as much work around the house, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Jason, how about you, your perspective, uh, you know, in, in your um, stage in life, post-military experience, we hear a lot when when we're serving in the military about the honeymoon stage, right? So when you returned, uh, tell us a little bit about um, that honeymoon stage and, and post-honeymoon stage of your return from a deployment.
1: Yeah, well, there's a, a lot that the family picks up while you're gone that you're used to doing. And then, you know, it's not like you just step back in and take everything back over and things are gonna be done a different way than they were when you were probably gone. And you've got to, as the soldier, the person returning, like be understanding, remember like, hey, they just went through something just like you did. Like try to work yourself back into that kind of slow. So yeah, you start picking up some of the slack, but it doesn't mean like you're trying to correct everybody to make sure things are done the way they were the last time you were home, like maybe you need to adjust a little bit as well and be understanding of what your family went through and and kind of adjust to what their new normal is as well. Everything doesn't just reset back to how it was the last time everyone was together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, really important that you brought that up. That's I'm very thankful for that. Thank you, Jason. Um, be, just because that's something we don't know, we, we, we do take for granted on deployments. Uh, coming off of uh, many deployments myself, it was a big challenge. So I really appreciate you bringing that up and sharing a little bit of your perspective as a veteran and in Addison. So Addison, earlier you had mentioned something very specific about um, learning leadership traits and, and learning about uh, military programs. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Um, is there specific programs in the National Guard for military families and children?
2: There is actually a lot of programs uh, they run things like hunting camps, summer camps, resilience trainings, fishing trips, uh, like trunk or treats, and actually a lot more. And we've gone ever since I was little, and they've always been such a great experience. And they help you with, like I said, leadership, but they also are just a lot of fun. And now I'm actually part of the youth council that like puts those programs on for kids and teens. And the great thing is that you don't just have, you don't it just, like get to stop having those once you're a teenager, you can like go to the camps as counselors. And it's just, there's a lot of programs and they're all really great for kids and teens.
0: Oh, it sounds like, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Now, um, dad, uh, so how, how are you How are you eligible for those programs? Do you have to be a current National Guard member? Do you have to be a retiree? What does that look like in, in, uh, for some of these families? Because Addison's clearly got some good military bearing that we'd love to share uh, with other military family members.
1: Yep, um, well, like Addison said, she kind of grew up in the program and she went from being a participant to now being a youth counselor. So it's, it's just a matter of remembering that that member for life mentality. Like I might've gotten out of the military, but I'm still a veteran. There's still programs out there to help take care of my family. And like, it's a connection that never really goes
0: away. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, both of you. Um, do, do you have any advice or tips for other military children? Um, either someone that you know or someone that you don't know, what would you say to them um, as military children, Addison? How, how would you relay the importance of their role in their family and make them feel good about their fa- their father or mother's
2: service? Um. So, like, I wasn't I wasn't born when my dad left for the full year when he went to serve in Iraq but I was there when he was gone for like months and weeks at a time and I think really communication is just like the best thing to go with because having the letters and the voice messages and stuff it really is important and it keeps like that member of the family there even when they're not physically there And I pers like I love taking pictures, and I think that's important too, because you can like look at times and look at videos and pictures, and like remember the fun times when they were there.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. And was there any final thoughts that you have um, to help make your fellow um, military children's life a little bit easier um, in their in their absence?
1: Um, I'll step in real quick on on that one, Robert. What I would say. in in order to support like any military family, um, family member children is be there for them. Like that military family isn't gonna really ask for help. They're stubborn, they're proud, they're used to gutting things out. So don't just say, hey, I'm here if you need anything, like show up with the dinner, show up and say, hey, I'm gonna take your kids to the arcade. Like be there for that military family and actually be there. Don't just let them know you're there if you need them. Just show up out of the blue and really be there for them.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Take initiative. Got it. So thank you, Jason and Addison, for being on the Veterans Perspective and telling us your stories um, and your perspective. It's been a real pleasure to have you two on the show. And for everyone else listening here, don't go away. When we come back, we'll be talking with Rebecca Allen, who is a current soldier and family readiness specialist inside of the Michigan National Guard. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, your guest host, Robert Neer, of the Veterans Perspective here with Rebecca Allen. Rebecca served in the Michigan Army National Guard for seven years as a human resources specialist. She is also the spouse of a currently deployed Michigan Guardsman and a mother of two, Jack, who's seven, and Harper, who's three. In her previous role, Rebecca worked here at the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency with us, as a resource technician before transitioning over to her current role at the Michigan National Guard Family Programs. She's now a soldier and family readiness specialist. Welcome to the show, Rebecca.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, um, so we've got just a few questions we wanna ask and just go through with you and and talk through and kind of gain and garner your perspective um, in your current role and in life. Uh, So first one here I got for you is, uh, it is awesome. to be engaged with everything that you've got going on with your husband being deployed and to to be a true supporter. But can you share with us why you decided to join the National Guard to begin with uh, prior to any other decisions being made?
3: Yeah, um, I had considered joining the military when I was younger. Um, I was taking the steps to actually. Actually, apply for the Air Force Academy when I was in high school. Uh, I had an injury that that stopped that, but it was something that stuck with me. You know, it was right at the height of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and it's just something that that felt like I had a moral obligation to look into, I guess. Um, and when I was in college, I walked into a recruiter's office and it just, it felt right. You know, I wasn't in a position to go active and the reserves didn't really have a heavy presence in Michigan at the time. So I enlisted in the National Guard and I've been involved in some way ever since.
0: Uh, well, thank you for your service. And uh, also, you know, as a military spouse with young children, um, you have a very interesting perspective as well, because uh, it's something that's not always, uh, that we don't get to hear about as much. So Really excited to hear a little bit about this. Can you share what it's like to have a spouse deployed with two young children at home?
3: It is not easy. <laughs> um, you know, in the last 10 years, we've had a lot of separations, uh, activations for Hurricane Irma, Irma sorry, and COVID, uh, basic officer leadership course, annual training. But we were both enlisted before we met, so we knew what we were getting into our kids, not so much. Um, so they're learning as they go. My son has really picked up the man of the house role, uh, but my daughter is really struggling with it. You know, She's regressed in potty training. She won't stop sucking her thumb. And she's just becoming increasingly difficult and stubborn. Uh, but I'm very lucky that her school is willing to work with us, I have my in laws nearby that are willing to support, and I have some extremely supportive co workers and friends and, you know, not every guard family has those personal supports so I'm really lucky in that regard. But just trying to keep everything afloat is is interesting.
0: Yeah, excellent. I mean, awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. And it's spot on. The support network you have sounds amazing. Um, very thankful for you to have them. Now, what do you obviously work and you engage with uh, family readiness group while they're deployed, um, or you at least have some level of exposure with them? Well, how, how do you all wrap your hands around or what do you see um, people do to support those families who don't have that really strong support network?
3: So, you know, we we do encourage now that every unit has a soldier and family readiness group that can offer those supports, and, and my team is there to provide those supports as well. Um, I am also involved in a deployment support group. Uh, a friend of mine encouraged me to look into a deployment-themed uh, subscription box, and it comes with just a phenomenal community. Um, you know, they've got monthly webinars and virtual happy hours that bring together families from across the country and across all branches for a lot of mutual support. And I just always encourage the families that I work with to, to reach out, whether it's co-workers, neighbors, friends, whoever they feel comfortable talking with to, to seek out those supports.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you had mentioned kind of some of the realities that, you know, the unfortunate realities of what your children have to go through um, during this deployment and this transition period. What, what kind of special activities have you done with them um, or for yourself to help you, you or them get through this deployment in uh, their dad's
3: absence? So I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a special activity, but we do lean really heavily on on weekly meal planning. Um, every Saturday, my son and I will sit down and we'll plan out the, the meals for the next week. Uh, because I work late, we'll have takeout Wednesdays, Friday is our movie night, Sunday we go out to breakfast, same place every Sunday. Uh, and just having those routines has been really helpful to keep the kids grounded and to keep me sane. Um, and then we do a lot of the fun countdown things that you see. We have the the paper chain that stretches the length of our house. Each link represents a day of deployment and some links are different colors. So we can count down to those special days. And it's been a lot of fun just watching the chain gradually shrink.
0: Yeah. So rewarding, uh, tangible for the kids. So that's awesome. Now, uh, speaking a little, let's go down the road. It sounds like You all have had quite a bit of experience with um, deployments, uh, maybe not necessarily to combat deployments, but um, where he was activated and and brought home and left and come back, transition. So quite a bit of transitions here is what it sounds like over the time period of at least um, for Jack's life. Uh, Harper might not know as much, but um, let's talk about the return home. How do you all work through that transition home and what does that look like for your family dynamic? Uh, to get through or to support them in those new transitions coming home.
3: Transition and reintegration is never easy for any family um, or for any service member. So one thing that I think we'll be looking at heavily is making sure that our kids understand that this is this is the new normal now. you know, now that Daddy has been gone, he'll be here now, and we we'll, we will have to slowly into that. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting having him gone one day and then here the next, but he, it's easier for him to learn our routines than it is for the kids to pick up new routines. But we're also very cognizant that we can't just have him do a complete 180 and expect him to pick up on everything right away. Um, Past separations have been a little easier. Jack was younger. So it was easier for him to kind of pick up on those. But time will tell what integration, reintegration is going to look like for us.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely be in our thoughts on that one, Rebecca, as they, they continue to grow those changes and will happen in those transitions. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that perspective. Uh, next thing, I, I, I'd be remiss to miss this opportunity. Can you tell us a little bit about your role as a soldier and family readiness specialist inside of? the DMVA and and what does your team do?
3: So as we all know, service in the National Guard means life has really unique challenges. You're balanced civilian and military obligations, we're on an increased activation cycle, and we don't have the same supports that you would find on an active duty base. Our team is here to provide those supports. We assist with uh, guard readiness, making sure that units, service members, and their families are prepared for whatever the Army is going to throw at them, um, providing proactive education, like personal financial classes, an employment readiness series, and parenting classes but the bulk of what we do is uh, reactive case management. Um, It's non-medical case management where we walk them through the assistance. We find the applicable resources for them and we walk side-by-side with them to make sure that everything is being taken care of and to help address any unique situation that they may have by getting them in touch with the correct resources and supports.
0: That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. I, just to know and be aware of that is a phenomenal resource for our service members. You know, we've heard today um, from another family uh, with Jason and Addison on on their perspective and some of the cool things that are out there to support them um, through their transition, but also um, from you and your role, but not just from your families, the inside of the, your your Michigan Army National Guard. Um, friends and and they've become family, I'm assuming at this point. And uh, not only that, but your role uh, sounds like a wonderful uh, all around uh, role as well as a a wonderful perspective. So thank you very much for joining us today, Rebecca, on this today's show and uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners for joining in today and uh, just being able to spend a little bit of time with both Jason and Addison Rogers, as well as Rebecca Allen. We appreciate you and uh, we hope to see you on the next Veteran's Perspective. Thank you.